in by Kulusevski. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Up the Spurs podcast. My name is Cooper, and it's been a minute. I, I feel like we start most of our pods with it's been a minute because we are so inconsistent with recording, but we have good excuses for not doing so. Uh, big moves happened. I was moving from one state to another, and the podcast kind of fell away. And so I deeply apologize, but boy, have we picked a fantastic match to come back to. As always, I'm with my good friend, Zach. Zach, in one word, can you please sum up the past, what the match was what? Was it Saturday? So 106 hours? Is that the right math? Yeah, 106 hours? One word to sum it up. Um, yeah, one word. I'll tell you what. Funny, funny, <laughs> funny, funny. That's great. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Car- karma. I'll pick karma. Karma. Okay. I like karma. Uh, for those listening, Ian is somewhere on Interstate seventy or forty-five. I don't know. Uh, is it is it the ones that go east to west are the tens, and the ones that go north to south, the fives? I think so. Wait, uh, east to west, east to west, seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I seventy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then I don't know. I think the other ones are odds. Might not be fives, but I think it's odds or fifty-five. I don't know. I th- I think so. We've now 66. become anyway. <laughs> we've now become a cartography podcast. So <laughs> congratulations and welcome. No, I think. Man, there's so much that we're going to talk about, but I think before we begin, just all I want to say is what a sad, sad little group of people. What a sad group of people (laughs) living in your fishmonger town with shipments and oil filling the air uh, with a language that is difficult to understand sometimes, and your passion for a club that is a great club at its heart but you think you're so much better than you are and we realize we are spurs supporters and we don't have as much so-called history in competitions and accolades but at least we do it with some damn class uh yeah i think i just really wanted to start out with something like that because (laughs) all y'all that are coming at me and my friend Zach, especially on Twitter or X, what a shame. What a, what a sad little life. What a sad little life. I don't know. Zach, you've caught some strays this past week. Ah, uh, yeah. I just, I get it. We all get, we all get uh, caught up in the game, but man, it's, it's one of those things you forget how whiny and like, childish their liverpool's fan base can be until you play them again and something doesn't go their way because mm-hmm. man they've got to be top of the near the top of just just cry baby. and i get it they have some valid reasons to be upset but just to the sheer 
lengths that they've taken their outrage to. Uh, it's been, that's why I said, kind of comical, kind of karmic. Ah, man. I think, though, that my level of empathy has dropped significantly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Given like, their reaction. I, listen, we're going to get into it and we're going to talk more about it. Like, blanket statement, Liverpool got screwed, like absolutely yeah. screwed over. Yep. Could it happen to a better fan base? I'd argue no. Like, <laughs> okay, the memes that would come from this, if it was like the North London Derby, oh, would be God. immaculate. Like, that would be fantastic. Well, I mean, you saw them all cry when Holding got sent off. Right. Uh, and that yeah. was, oh my God. So that that was good. We kind of lived through a little bit of that. But this, this the, the decision making was just, to be fair, uh, a whole nother level of incompetent. Yeah, it was just... That that's a good way to put it. It was another level of incompetence. And I don't usually praise Arsenal supporters, but I think they would have personally, I think they would have handled this a little better. I don't know. I mean, am I wrong in thinking that? Um, oof. Maybe. I don't know. That like those two fan bases are the worst in terms of like. For me, at least, when things go wrong, I think Liverpool maybe just top it, but Arsenal also just oof. They're they are very vocal on social media, especially when things don't go their way. Maybe they would have handled it a little bit better, but because it kind of feels like Liverpool's that spoiled kid who gets everything they want, mm -hmm. and then the moment they don't get something, they blow a gasket. Oh yeah. Um. So I don't know. It's the, I, I don't feel like Arsenal would have handled it too well, but I don't know. I don't know. Does all of does all of this, all of the commentary around it, knowing that we got very, very lucky, does that take away from the victory for you? I don't think so. Um, I, at the end of the day, did we personally, as a club, do anything wrong? No. Yeah. Well, Basuma put his leg on the pitch where it shouldn't have been. You're right. You're right. Basuma should not have. Uh, and Romero should have should have lowered his hand and said, "No, I think he was on side." And we should have walked the ball in we, the goal, even after, though, yeah, just for even though we didn't see the VAR. We should have let them walk the ball. You're completely right. Also, Udogi um, mm. should just accept the Instagram comments and say, "You're right." God, you're totally right. What awful, what vile crap. No, but. yeah. For anyone who didn't see that yet, um, Udogi, I Spurs and Liverpool and the Premier League have all made comments about it now. But... Valencia made comments too. Like we had random clubs. And I saw Mil AC Milan too. Yeah. Yeah. Like just um, all these different clubs from around the world, yeah. which I think but the yeah. funny part is, sorry, and I know I keep like jumping in, but we had... Like Liverpool fans saying, oh, they don't represent us. They're not a part of our fan base. Like, listen, we're from America. If Zach lived in Jakarta and I lived in Indonesia, we're still supporters of Spurs. Yeah. And we're still a part of the family, believe it or not. I mean, just because. OK, so let me pitch it this way. It, how many how many people can fit in? Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, 62,000, 62,000 ish. So, that, yep. so, so the. The logic that the Liverpool fans are giving is that there's only 62,000 supporters of Spurs. Exactly. Like, if, if you don't yeah, go to a match, it, you're not a supporter. If you don't spend money on the club, you're not a supporter. And so I think 
they're making all this. Oh, it's they don't support us. Oh, that's a lie. You're a helmet and all that crap. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like we've got massive clubs backing us. Liverpool's even saying it's wrong. I I don't know. I feel bad for Udogi, but I mean, I, I name and shame report. Yep. You can. That's all you. That's all you can do. Um, it's still. It's just a shame that we're still having to deal with this in this day and age. Um. Yeah, because I, I, I went through some of them and like there's like there's definitely I took some screenshots. Mm, there's good. like definitely some people who because I saw a lot of the comments were trying to deflect a lot of the racist comments saying they aren't Liverpool supporters. All of them are nameless, faceless accounts. This guy is like Nabil Firmino nine. I, I wonder I wonder what Firmino nine stands mm-hmm. for. Oh, yeah, me too. Just a random name um and, and just, a number random number afterwards yeah and just i don't know it's just one of those things like you can't can the club obviously control what people say and do on social media no it's a it's been a long-standing problem you know that nameless faceless accounts with complete anonymity can get on social media and say and do horrible things like that's just been a problem plagued with social media but like to try to discount that and just say oh well didn't come from us it wasn't our club blah 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 like it was own mm-hmm. it say those people suck they they you know we are ashamed of them and just own it because like these things happen like there are bad people in every single club it doesn't matter with the, with the global pull of the game now there's millions of people that tie themselves to a certain club. Of course, you can't control the actions of millions, but when those actions in in those aspects, you know, especially like being racist social media do happen and occur, I think it's just important to to kind of take it on the chin and say, yes, this came from some people of our fan base. They aren't welcome here. Uh, we don't want them to be associated with our club anymore. And, you know, we don't condone any of their messages it's as simple as that you don't have to own it for every it's just i don't know just trying to deflect the blame and call it needless point scoring when it's it, it's a it's a prevalent issue is just it's more tribalism when mm-hmm. there shouldn't be yeah uh, especially in stuff like this so and i i think it also happened to west fodderingham for sheffield mm. united from oh yeah Spurs absolutely supporters. yeah there were Spurs supporters that did that absolutely and, and it's like i'm i'm not gonna say i i mean yes they don't represent the majority of the fan base by any means but yeah. like they they still support spurs and that's something that that's a conversation that needs and though and those people should be you know if they can be identified they should deal with consequences you know it's uh, in terms of like you know stadium bans or or, or such yeah. and such like it's I don't know. It's just well, it's know. it's actually really sad because we had the West foddering him, and mm-hmm. then when Sun scored at the Emirates, there was the guy doing yep. gestures uh, yep. towards Sun, and now Udogi, and it's just like it's it's every game. It feels like there's there's always something, and it's just like I said, it, it's 2023 coming up to 2024, and we're still dealing with with things like this, and it's just it's frustrating. Last question I'll ask on the whole like Udogi matter. If it happens online versus in the stadium, do you think it's different? Uh, I feel like that almost is a loaded question. I yeah, feel like my bad, but no, no, no. I, I mean, 
I feel like it's more prevalent online. You mm-hmm. see it more so online because there's that added wave of anonymity. Whereas if you do it in a stadium, like you, there are cameras, there are also witnesses, like you can be identified and you will be like named and shamed. I just think it, we, the reason we see it so much more online just gives over to the fact that it's, it's completely anonymous. Yeah. No, I, I think you're spot on. I think you're spot on. Um, let's start how we always do. Let's dive into the match against mm-hmm. Liverpool with the 11. I think, were we unchanged? Were we unchanged? From... No, Richie came in. Who started in Richie's place? Solomon. He started against Arsenal? Yeah. Holy crap. Well, hey, never mind. Uh, yeah, no, one change. <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he did. No, I think did you're right. Not? I think you're right. Yeah. Um, no, no, Brennan Johnson. It was Brennan Johnson. Yeah, yes, Johnson it was. Started. It was Johnson. God, we really are supporters and we know our things. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. So Richie came in for Johnson and started on the left rather than through the middle, which I was a little concerned about, but we'll mm-hmm. get to that in a second. Uh, a lot happened this match. I think there were more flashpoints during this match against Liverpool than it feels like there's been the entire season, I think. So I I think after watching the first, I don't know, 25 minutes, I felt fine. I felt like yep. we weren't amazing. I think Liverpool was still getting some chances, but I wasn't too terrified. Uh, and then the red card happened. Um, Curtis Jones went into a tackle with Basuma. His foot went over the ball and caught Basuma in the lower shin. I think it's fair to say the lower shin. And Basuma went down. Yellow card was given. VAR review. Red card. And Curtis Jones is sent off. Note for everyone else. Curtis Jones had his ban uh, attempted to be appealed, and it was rejected. I think there's something called... uh, I don't know what it's called, actually. It's like negligence or something like that towards... Uh, trying to sway the FA or disrupt the FA for reviewing something that shouldn't be reviewed. And I wonder when the last time that was used, but it is a thing yeah. where the FA could say, you know, it's not a three game ban anymore. It's a four game because yeah. you really shouldn't have sent this in. I don't know what that's yeah. called. Uh, yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know the exact name of it, but it didn't seem like it happened in it, but it didn't happen in this case. Um, it's mm-hmm. still just a three match ban. Um, was it yeah. a uh, was it a red card for you? So I at think first I, glance, I think you and I differ on yeah. this. Yeah, I love. So at that. first glance, and I might have been swayed by the commentary because, which is very possible, because um, the whole commentary when watching the game here was like, oh, that's that's not a red, you know. Oh, they both got to the ball, um, and so at first. When that happened, I had thought that um, Curtis Jones hit his foot about middle of the ball and just went over top of it mm-hmm. and caught Pasuma lower, like more at the ankle than the shin. I thought that's what had happened. Um, okay. So like and I don't know if anyone is listening, like saw my initial tweets. Um, I was like surprised and I I felt for Liverpool because I'm like that seems like a very harsh red but when they replayed it and it's not just in slow motion because I know everyone tries to use that argument that everything looks worse in slow motion right um 
but I've, I watched it. I've watched it back since at full speed. Um, but I had thought he caught the middle of the ball. And what really happens, Curtis Jones barely grazes the top of the ball. And then his foot studs up. It goes about like midway, maybe lower midway. I don't yeah, know. lower midway, almost halfway up Basuma's legs onto his shin. Um, so whereas I thought it was like the ankle, it was actually it was more of the mid shin. Um, and so given that, yeah, I, I think that's a red card, um, because intentional or not, you know, trying to play the ball or not, could that have broken Basuma's leg on a different day? Uh, yeah, yeah, it could have. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think we, we were talking about it in our group chat originally and, I saw the challenge right when I saw the challenge, I thought, Ooh, that's a red card. Mm. And that was from that far distance, but I don't know. I think I was looking at it with Spurs tinted glasses. That's fair. <laughs> and I saw, I saw your tweet saying, ah, I think that's a harsh red or your yeah. post in our, in our chat. And I thought, I don't know what you're seeing. Yeah. After watching the replay, I kind of understood, like, I think a yellow, yellow seemed right at the time but maybe i don't know maybe because i've watched it so many times yeah i think it's a clear as day like red card yeah the more and more that mm -hmm. i i've watched it since the more i think it is it is a fairly obvious red um so yeah like i said at first i felt they were hard done by but it just at, at that speed hitting someone that high up on the shin like that's that it's it's a red it doesn't matter if you control the ball or not that's yeah. a red and i think the worst part about this is uh, even some of like the pundits and professional players were saying like there was no intent I'm like it i don't doesn't, give intent doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter at all and yeah. i mean even if like curtis jones wanted to kill basuma and he did that like it doesn't change the fact that it's a red card and um, the whole the whole like talk about intent how many like how many people have actually sat down and thought about like who that plays football genuinely wants to break someone's leg oh my no god no one yeah. does no one wants to i think about that. it every day sorry yeah, yeah no no one does no one does. yeah right. <laughs> it's but, a terrifying but, thought yeah like, absolutely but but no like no professional out there goes into a challenge thinking i'm going to break this guy's leg if they have then you know that is a one in a million but like Roy you know <laughs> like that's the only one fair I enough fair of. enough pepe but you, but uh, you know what i'm saying it's like no oh, yeah. no no one ever has that intent but intent or not is it still dangerous yeah i i think the biggest gripe if i was a liverpool fan about that that challenge is the inconsistency and mm -hmm. that's kind of been the the song and dance of the entire premier league um and gripes with the the var the the refereeing the standard is just the inconsistencies because mm -hmm. there have been games where that sort of challenge would not be a red hey let's go back another week look at look at the north london derby like mm -hmm. similar ish oh challenge um, in in nature, at least, in Kedia on Vicario, you mm -hmm. know, and we didn't see anything. So I just think I think a lot of the gripes come from the lack of inconsistency, as opposed to not thinking that's a 
read, or, or at least that's what I would I would hope. Oh yeah, and I mean for everyone that's that's not being able to see our screens, I'm pulling this up on. Mm, um, I forgot about so this one too. Zach can yeah. see it's it's Robertson's tackle on Tanganga mm-hmm. at was this was this in Liverpool? I can't. No, no, no. This is at Tottenham. Um, yeah, where it, it's an awful challenge, and yep. I don't even think he got a yellow for it. I uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if he does. And but like also not to just be solely Spurs, you know? Um, oh yeah. Like, do you have another people, one? Well, the Harry Kane challenge. Oh you know? yeah. Oh god. Yeah. You know, did Kane get lucky with that? Yeah. I I, I think I think the most gripes anyone can have is just the inconsistency, but Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone who genuinely sits down and look at, looks at that through neutral glasses can, can say that Curtis Jones's challenge was not red card worthy. Right? No, I completely agree. I think, I think the frustrating part is that there is, they are talking about the intent and it's the, like it boils over because of so much other crap yeah. that occurs. In I think game. every everything else is making the emotions heightened yeah. um in, this, in response to this. Which this I for me I understand. This, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, this is for me is the most blatant, like hundred yeah. percent correct call yeah. uh, on the day. Um yep. next, they're they're down a man. Liverpool goes to like a four four one where they have Salah up top and Gakpo on the wing. Yep. And funny enough, uh, I listened to a few like podcasts around this and watched a few videos. But Liverpool, even though they are like a high pressing team, they're really suited to just counterattacking, like a Jose yeah. Mourinho style, where they just boot it to Salah and go. And I think going down to 10 men kind of went in Liverpool's favor, actually. And I think that's evident by Luis Diaz's goal, which, all right, before we talk about the offside, what a freaking finish. It was absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Um, bias aside, Zach, straight up right now, do you take Kulazewski or Luis Diaz? Oh, man. I was hoping you were not going to ask that. <laughs> ah, I feel like... Bias bi- aside. Bias aside. I probably, probably. I, I feel like Diaz... I, I feel like they're they're different players. Diaz is definitely feels like more of a goal threat mm-hmm. than Kulisevsky to me. Kulisevsky kind of feels like he's playmaker. Still, he, yeah, pl- more of that playmaker. He has that unreal ability where he looks. It's very almost Kane esque, where he looks not in control of his body, but mm-hmm. actually he he's in complete control. He yeah, he has a clumsy way about playing. Whereas I think Diaz is more of a uh, a conventional winger. Um, able to just burst with pace, get into the box and finish. Um, yeah, but I, I think just based on like goals and assist, I, I don't know where Diaz is on in terms of Kulisevsky, but I just I just feel that he's more clinical. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I I mean, I love Kulisevsky. Yeah, I think yeah. every day of the week, twice on Sunday, I take Diaz. Diaz, yeah, just That's because. Fair. I mean, I think Kulazewski is great. I wish he was more in the middle. I th- I think, yeah, he uses his pace correctly. I wish he was just a hair faster. I yeah. Think in getting yeah. stuff done. I don't know. I think that's where Diaz has that. Um, and I'd love, I'd love come the summer 
us bring in a Matoma or like, uh, I don't know, like a. I, w- I will point out Diaz is 26. So mm-hmm. he has like, you know, he's got like what, four, four or five years on Cool Stuff. How old is cool? I think Decky's 22. Um, uh, but, oh, 23. Oh, but anyway, he's got like, you know, more years on him. Like he's a more matured player. Decky's still relatively young Mm -hmm. um so you know he's got time to add more of a goal threat to his game and we've seen that he can do it um but yeah i just feel like diaz coming up against him is like he's an intimidating player Mm -hmm. whereas kulisevsky doesn't really strike that fear into you in in the same regard he reminds me of like how jack grealish is at city Mm. yeah yeah where it's very like set up your man and go from mm-hmm. there. Um, I think the other player I was thinking other than Matoma would be like a Pedro Neto. Like mm. that'd be, oh, that'd be great. Ballin. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Johnson uh, a lot more. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. No, great finish from Luis Diaz, like absolute peach of a finish. Called back for offside. They showed it on the screen. And I think... I was like 25 seconds behind you and Ian. Yeah. It, yeah. And I said like, ah, oh, crap, he's on. And I think one of you said like, oh yeah, sweet. He's off. And we kept going. And I got to that point and they were like, yep, offside. I was like, is it his shoulder that's in front? Like what? Oh my God. And the thing is, it was so quick too. Yeah. Like you didn't see them draw out the lines or anything like that. So when you were still processing, oh man, like you know, this is probably on. We're all like, oh yeah, this wow, it, it's called it's not it's not standing. Mm-hmm. Um it, it was really quick. And so yeah, it, I mean we can dive into that. It that was a, just a, a whole fiasco of yeah, incompetence. Yep. That is the that's the key word, like I said, for, for the refereeing standard in this league incompetence Mm -hmm. i i completely agree and the sad part is var was brought in to hold accountability and it it doesn't matter you can have the perfect ingredients you can have the best steak in the world but if you have Mm. someone else cooking it and rather Mm -hmm. than gordon ramsay it's not going to turn out well so var calls it onside PGMOL released audio clips, I think today, yeah, which is great because we can actually talk about it on the pod where the people that record Sunday and sometimes even Monday aren't able to. So the video, maybe we'll like retweet it from the account or something like that. Go watch it if you haven't already. It's like two minutes of them walking through how it happens and... Other than incompetent, like incompetence is the only word I can think that describes what occurred in that two minutes where they mark him off and it's the verbiage that they use like, oh, yeah, gold checked. We're good. And before they know they're playing, the ball goes out, starts kicking around. It goes out a few times and like, wait, 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 we need to call it back. They struggle because they can't call it back. Uh, there's a few expletives that are said. And before we know it, 
it's 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 gone like it's the game's yeah. going i i feel for not just liverpool fans this is where i do have empathy yeah do have empathy for the liverpool fans uh it also terrifies me for anything else that occurs and i think it really okay i wouldn't be shocked in 25 years if a scandal comes out about how var was used within like the epl and there's a whole thing around it where we actually get some of the audio clips of uh for instance i think a good example lukaku being offside in the was it the fa cup or the league cup and they drew the lines and it was so it was like a hair it was so close and i wonder if there's a few things that are like eh, push it a little more it's not in line eh, push it a little more i wonder if we'll hear yeah. stuff like that yeah i mean that being said this this level of incompetence hasn't happened to anyone it's technically unprecedented the amount of time Spurs have been screwed over by offside calls, uh, Sun versus Leicester, Kane versus um, Kane versus Southampton, Sun versus Liverpool. It this has happened so often. Yep. And all in all, I think it's just absolutely ridiculous that it happened in the first place. But that secondly, it. <laughs> there's nothing that can be done about it retrospectively. I think that's the sad part. Yeah. I think, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I'm not glad that this has happened, but I feel like this has been such a ma- like widespread, like discontent from everyone involved in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a rule change coming in. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, actually, if we realize VAR has gotten something wrong, they can stop and pull the game back. Because I would be fine with that. As at the end of the day, all we want is the correct call, yeah, um, to be made. And and I think a lot of times VAR tries to get so minuscule with their line drawing that some calls are just preposterous to even be like talking about, like. The old kind of rule is that, you know, if it's a tie, the benefit goes to the attacker. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be opposed to like something like that happening with VAR if like the lines are too close to tell, because at that point you're relying on pixels and and you can't get a completely accurate description. But with something like the Liverpool, the, the Diaz goal, it was very, very clear and obvious. Right. And so like even even though in this scenario, it wouldn't benefit my club. At, at, at some point, you have to look at the game, and it's it's not just about that tribalism. It's about what's better for the game. And being able to delay and pull a game back um, for something like that, I I would feel fine with as a, as a fan because it's just... If you realize that you've made an error that big, you shouldn't be able to... If you realize it 30 seconds after the restart i don't feel like the team who's you know should get punished for that i don't know do you think okay it happened in what like the 37th minute or something yeah some some sometime around there do you think because spurs scored two minutes like later or something like that or i think it was like the 34th actually yeah sun scored two minutes later yeah 
do you think see this is the weird part they would have had okay okay hypothetically what happens when sun scores and they go wait 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 we need to talk we about were something. wrong yeah yeah do they they call the sun goal back obviously i, I feel like they have to because i feel like those three minutes that happened hmm. in between never occurred. Yeah, I don't know. That's tricky. I don't know. I listen. Let's get it out of the way. A replay, it's never going to happen. No, N- no, not in the wildest. <laughs> uh, so sorry for everyone that does want a replay. Um, it, if we're going back to replays, I would UCL love to have, final baby. Yeah, give it to us. We we'd love. They changed the rule the day after. It's absolutely ludicrous. Uh. I think I'm taking off my Spurs cap. I think the fairest thing that could have been done, the fairest Mm. is you finish out the half, you go in and you talk to both coaches in the locker room and say, Hey, or in the tunnel, listen, VAR got it wrong. Liverpool scored. He was technically onside. So what we're going to do is we're going to award the goal right when the half starts or you can w- let them walk it in. And no, no, no. I think you have to just award the goal. Yeah. And make an announcement. You can't let them walk it in. And we're going to play from 1-1. One, one. How does that sound? Oh, no, no, no. You can't say how does that sound. Two. You say that's that's what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. I, I believe from Spurs cap off, that's the best thing that could have been done. Do I think it's realistic? No. Because I don't think PGMOL would have wanted to admit incompetence during a match. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I kind of piggybacking off of that, and not not trying to cut you off. No, I you're think, good. I think by releasing this audio, mm-hmm. they have shown incompetence during a match. I, I feel like that's kind of been established now because I feel like the whole the whole thing up until now has been like we can't we cannot prove like show how just how wrong we were but like this audio is kind of like cemented that so i i just hope well i don't know it's it's a tricky question i get what you're saying where it's like they can't show incompetence but they just did i think it happened what three days after the fact that they showed i think that's a play saying okay we will show that we were incompetent but it's yeah. so far after it that nothing can be done. Well, n- didn't didn't they issue the they released the audio, but they issued the apology at full immediately time. after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That, well, that's that's a really good point. Where the body's not even cold, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're being like, all right, listen. Uh, I, I think you're right, though. I think you're spot on with saying that you're kind of glad this happened. Because... I just hope it's an it's an eye opener. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And hopefully it sheds more light on what I would also hope is I hope going forward like okay, let's say they don't want to go ahead with like pulling pulling it back, you know, if the game's restarted, fine, but then you have to be absolute like sure that the right call is being made at that time, even if it takes like an extra minute, because it kind of like listening to that audio, it sounded like they were so wanting to be Mm -hmm. so quick to get the game restarted. 
um, that they didn't take the time to make sure the call that they were making is correct. And I'm all for, you know, there being less and less downtime in games, but I do feel like the addition this year of more added on time uh, to kind of compensate for that is, is a good thing. So it's if great. you, if you yeah. have to, <laughs> yeah, for Spurs fans, especially, but if you have to take an extra 30 seconds, triple quadruple sextuple check that the call that you are making in VAR at the studio is correct. Then that needs to be done. Maybe there has to be some sort of special language, like, <laughs> like a safe word or something, you know, could you imagine that, hearing the audio and just being like a rutabaga rutabaga yeah, rutabaga? Are you guys sure? Rubber ducky, rubber ducky. Oh, raw pina colada. Like, <laughs> just... Oh my God. Now, um, I, I know, I know we took off the Spurs cap, but I want to put another cap on. I want to put the yeah. tinfoil cap on. Mm, okay. Do you think there's something more behind this? Nope. Nope. You don't? You don't nope. think some I... Saudi prince that supports one side of Manchester? No. I don't, don't think so. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's definitely some people that call for like saying there's corruption. And, I, and I'm sure at some levels there might be. But I just feel it's incompetence instead of corruption. Because mm -hmm. like, I, I guess maybe if you're looking at it from like maybe Manchester's point of view, or I guess I wasn't considering the fact that maybe another one of the clubs, but like, let's be honest here. Like, who out there that wants to see Spurs win? You know, where where has this sort of corruption been when we were in the UCL final? You know, I yeah. I don't know. It's just I I just feel like the sheer amount that we see it, it's it's and again, I think the audio kind of backs it up that it's incompetence versus corruption because every single team result like things like this have happened to you know i i know kind of just alluding to like man city right there but like Lorente's goal shouldn't have stood you know or, no or, no no you get out of here with that that was a <laughs> clean goal i don't know what you're talking about la but, la <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like just there have been times where every single club every single one has had poor officiating and and things gone against them. Okay, so yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I want to get into this because I saw a great tweet about it. Okay. When are we going to replay? Was it the Aston Villa Sheffield United match where Hawkeye went down and the header came in and the goalie for Aston Villa fell into the net? You remember that? I think so. It I was think on, so. Uh let me let me make sure I have exactly what I'm yeah Aston Villa Sheffield United Hawkeye um listen we really need to start doing uh video elements on the podcast oh yeah I'm going absolutely. to be sharing my screen do you remember this you definitely oh remember. that yes yeah yes okay when when are we going to get the replay <laughs> of this match like, yeah that was crazy that was crazy I think by this happening and VA the worst part was VAR did not intervene when they no. could have yeah. Well, actually, technically, I don't think they could have. But I mean, Sheffield United got relegated from that. Aston Villa stayed up. They didn't have to sell Grealish. Like, sure. there's so many implications that come out of just this match. 
And I mean, yeah, Sheffield United bitched about it and rightly so. I don't yep. think. Okay, wait, I, I have another question around just the offside in general. And take off the tinfoil, put back on the uh, non-biased hat. We got a lot of hats here today. So many hats. We have a coat room full of hats. <laughs> Do you think if this happens to Spurs, there's this much media about it? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, well, do you think pundits I would, and good, I would morning, hope. good Morning Great Britain talk about it? Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know because I, you see some of the biggest pundits out there. They're, the, you know, fair play because there are some great Spurs pundits. But, like, if we're talking about, like, you know, Neville or Carragher, they're, like, the faces. And, you know, one's Liverpool, one's, one's, one's United. Um I, I don't know. I don't I don't I would hope that there would be, but as we've seen with Sheffield United, where was that outcry? Where was that sort of you know, and sure, Spurs are a, a big club. Um, but let's not say let's not kid ourselves and say that we're at the level of Liverpool or anything like that because no, they're massive. No, not even close. Um but e- e- even like you you know, comparing Spurs to like you said, Sheffield United. I don't know. I don't know if we're at that level that it would it, there would be this national outcry. I don't know. I saw this great thing that said Liverpool. No, no, no. Tottenham were the last big six club to become a massive club or become to make it by non-financial means. Mm. Like that's what I heard, and I I, I, I completely agree with that fact. I think Brighton might do it eventually, but I don't know about any other club next. Ladies and gentlemen, you are all so blessed to be listening to this podcast right now because we have just been joined by our third wheel. That sounds really weird. (laughs) The other wheel on the tricycle, Ian, who... Apparently, and this is just from the Denver police sightings, you dragged your car off the highway with a rope and flew home. Is this correct? This is correct. You know, sometimes Denver gets a little bit tricky navigating traffic. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, it was just one of those that I knew I needed to be here. And apologies for being late, but just got to do what needs to be done and fly home sometimes, you know. Amen. Amen. Shout out to the pterodactyls that picked up Ian. Pterodactyls, there are boys. Um that's a code name for a gang that we're a part of. So uh, Ian, for we, we kind of read Ian up to what we've been talking about, but while we're like still touching on the PGMOL audio, Zach and I have kind of set our piece. Ian, I know you've got some input on it. You former former referee, is this correct? Uh, I've done about two games. Still, yeah. still a former just, referee. Still counts, former referee, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it, it's terrifying. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. Like it, no, nobody walks away from that going, oh, well, maybe they did their bet. No, the whole process, the thing that scares me the most about it. And this is from like my analytical brain is the process is so unnecessarily complex. Like not in terms of what they're doing technically with the the lines and showing like how that comes up and the communication. Sure. It's the words they choose to use. Like they said, check complete. And that's, yep. that's to 
anybody's ears are like, oh, cool, check complete. And you didn't say any different. I'm going to stick with what I did, which I gave offsides on the pitch. They shouldn't make it so complex. They just need to have somebody in there saying it's offsides. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't, because they weren't paying attention to the match. Clearly they thought it was an onside call on the field. So like, yeah, we're good. Oh no. Mm -hmm. What? Nobody knew what was going on. Just say what's happening. That's all. Yeah. It, no, no, no. I, I completely agree. And I think Zach, Zach made a really good point. He said it all happens so quick. Like yeah. Zach, I mean, you can kind of dive into this more, but you were talking about how like it was just unnecessarily quick, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it felt like like everyone was just talking so rapidly that no one was actually listening to what was being said, or there was no conversation about it. It was just it was so quick to get the game rolling again. And I kind of, as I said this like before, it I would be fine with them just slowing it down, taking the time to make sure they get the call right because they were so worried about speeding it up. And I know in, in nowadays we want to we want the game to be as fluid as possible and keep in momentum. But like if it's a call like this, like you have to make sure you get it right, even if that takes a few extra seconds. Respect. I couldn't Didn't, agree more. I think Klopp said it was 40 seconds that all of that transpired in. Or, I mean, even just listening to the audio, the mm -hmm. whole thing was like a minute, whatever. And Min yeah, I think that. it was like a minute 40. Yeah. And half of it was the lead up. Half of it was after they restarted the ball. So yeah, it, yeah. it was it was so shockingly bad. And for th there's two parts to it that I think is the worst part of this. One, beginning of the season, um, the Premier League was offered the semi-automated mm. offsides check and they yep. basically said no our well, refs the, are good enough didn't the clubs reject it too oh i, it, thought, I don't know it might have been the club i think it was well. a it was a combination of the league and the clubs that both rejected it yeah and their whole reasoning was our refs are good enough we're the premier league we're the best in the world all right and, oh, it's this arrogance like yeah yeah and the, the second thing is the arrogance and greed side of it like the premier mm -hmm. league makes so much money oh yeah and we've seen how bad the officiating has been this year, especially, but like, surely there's enough money that they can get the automated system. They can get the right people in the rooms and pay them accordingly and do all this properly. They're just choosing not to. Yeah, no, I, I think that's totally fair. And I, I mean, the EPL won't show accountability. Well, they kind of have, but they really haven't. Uh, Side note, I do want to highlight, we don't really do a lot of shout outs on this podcast because no one really listens to us, but I do want to do a shout out to uh, Joshua Robinson and Jonathan Clegg, who wrote a fantastic book. If you haven't read it, it's called The Club, and it talks about how the English Premier League became the wildest, richest, most disruptive force in sports. And it dives into, I think it's the 93-94 season where... Uh, the English Premier League was formed from the first division, and they dive a lot into the um, the finances of the EPL, like who funds it, how they get their money, how much money it is. And funny enough, one of the originators of the EPL was Rupert Murdoch. And so that's how this whole television and television rights came about, where Everyone thinks it's the best because it makes the most money. So something to look into if you do want to read it. 
but yeah, just a quick little shout out. Ian, Zach and I just talked about it, but what unbiased, like as unbiased as you can be, are you, what's the fairest outcome they could have done? Like scrap anything that occurred after they said, all right, check given, uh, goal, goal, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, keep playing. What's the fairest thing they could have done? You're saying like within the game or place like yourself, t- place yourself 20 seconds after that ball is restarted. What do you do? Oof. What's the fairest thing that, that could have been done? The fairest thing, in my opinion, would have been to not hide it. I think I, I know it's a little bit different in the States because we, some of the uh, broadcasters and commentators we had talked about it at halftime. But from what I've heard, Sky wasn't allowed to talk about it Ooh. at half. And they obviously like they never showed the lines for this. And that was the big thing that everybody's like, so we're just going to pick and choose when we show it. I think they tried to mask the fact that they fucked up. Mm-hmm. So the fairest thing in this moment would have been uh, honestly, like, I don't know how this would be executed, but for the refs at half or in the game to go, we recognize something happened and then leave it with the teams. Like obviously Ange is a stand-up guy. He might be the one to go, let them get a goal and let's just kick it back off at half. Would you? Yeah. yeah. So Zach and I, man, we're so smart, Zach. We're so intelligent. <laughs> Zach and I said the exact same thing. And Zach is changing his background to the side. <laughs> That's clear off. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Zach and I said the exact same thing. Do you think if the PGMOL contacted the refs and they were like, hey, by the way, 34th minute, we we screwed up. He was totally onside. It should be given a goal. Do you think... I, do you think they would have given a goal at half or I mean, honestly, imagine the outrage. If, yeah. Like Tottenham kicked the ball off the kick it right to Liverpool and Liverpool dribble untouched into the net. Honestly, I, I know. And this is, this is where my head is coming with this. I think what would, what would make the most sense is if the ref went to Ange first and was like, not, not go to Klopp, not get them together. Just, the benefiter of this mm-hmm. to go this is what happened fucking show them the image whatever like this is what happened this is what we're talking about um we don't like what do you want to do about this because if he goes nah fuck it mate sorry you guys messed up this is enjoy not- your lunch, lunch. Fair enough. Fair enough. enjoy you your know? lunch mate like- yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, the refs can go, okay, we tried going to them. And then, like, obviously, we'll get okay, a well, after. Okay, but... well, imagine the conspiracy that would come out of that, though. If they're yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah, we yeah. talked to Ange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and imagine that got out. How yeah. much hate we would get. I know. Oh, Everyone but hates he's, us. I... He's smart enough to know, like, that would happen. And he's, like, a good person that if he saw that, he'd be like, all right. Like, it was a great goal. Like, let's be, let's oh, be my, honest. Yeah. Like, it, it was a fantastical. He deserved it. Okay, <laughs> I I asked Zach, unbiased aside, uh-huh. would you take Luis Diaz or Kulazewski? Uh, I honestly I love Decky, but I would take Luis Diaz. He's so I think he's so underrated. He's so so good. He I would love. I know it will never happen, but I would love for him to be Sun's replacement. Ooh, straight swap. Oh well, yeah. Oh, just, 
or you know, to your son. But son's gonna be <laughs> son's gonna have Eric Eric Dyer's wish come true, and he's gonna be buried at Whitehall Lane. It's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're still yeah. burying uh, Dyer there. I want you to know yeah. this is he's, he home. keeps getting out, but we keep putting dirt. <laughs> <in there. laughs> he's just Zach's next year's our year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I think I think we kind of covered the the whole PGMOL and. Luis Diaz offside. It it sucks. Um, I'm glad we're not on the other side of it. It's nice to be on this side. It's nice to get the rub of the green for, for once. once in our lives. Um, I think it'll be interesting the next time this happens, what will occur. I think, I think the PGMOL could have done themselves a lot more good if they had sacked one or two of the var refs immediately i don't know just a thought just trying to did you also know uh the ref that trains the var refs howard is nope um who's the one that fucked up lee uh uh hold on lee cattermole okay it was it was somebody who got sacked after messing up uh a game for arsenal really i can't uh, remember who it is but basically I'm looking it up they have the blind leading the blind in the var room oh, God. so it's not oh my gosh i don't even know lee mason but... lee mason that sounds right it could be and if not sorry oh, lee. wait but, uh... yeah no, no no he's a retired referee uh <laughs> lee mason quits his premier league ref after var air um i think that go. does sound right that does sound yeah. right so it, it's just the whole thing's a mess and you're right they could have done with a sack in or two but it, it's at the point you know you see all the the videos and all the content coming out like are they going to scrap var finally it's time to, for it to just go it it's too big of an investment and it's it's so it's too advanced for what it is now mm-hmm. that they can't do away with it because you know in 50 years if they try and bring it back we're all going to be sat there going, oh, I remember the last time they brought yeah. around VR. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, see the history books in 25 years where it's just this block around 2020 or whatever to 2027. It's like VA, VAR years. And there's a there's a tiny sliver in there around Liverpool's title that says COVID year. Just to make <laughs> sure everyone knows there's an asterisk. Um, oh, I, before we move on from the match, yeah. I did have one thing I wanted to throw your guys away. And maybe you've already talked about it, so apologies if so. But does this feel like a much bigger deal than the other VAR errors that have occurred this season? Yes. Um, I In, in terms of like the publicity that's been made around yeah it. yeah like and how yeah. much it's being talked about now and the attention it's given obviously it is a big error but there have been other big errors in the season other like can we can we talk about which ones there's been like onana penalty yeah was a clear one yeah i'm not just Any, being crazy i mean I feel like, hold on there's got to be more yeah right? Uh, this is going to be a really interesting. I'm, I'm sure there is. While we look um, up all the VAR errors, <laughs> but there's definitely been some um, because, like, this isn't the first time that we're mentioning 
the sheer incompetence. But I, I think I just think the magnitude of this feels bigger because we're finally hearing the uh, the audio. I think that's the biggest thing mm -hmm. for me. I think I, I think Zach made a really good point about consistency. And I think um, Sun's penalty against Brentford compared to other penalties that have been given this season. I think uh, Zabaza's lie for Liverpool where he like kind of just flopped down. I think that's like a big one. There's just no consistency yeah. around it all. And I think that's the frustrating part. But I think the biggest thing, and I, I understand a little bit where Liverpool fans are coming from, but the FA clearly stated at the beginning of the season that if a player asks for another player to be booked, <laughs> they will be booked. <laughs> and Udogi did it. And should he have been booked? Probably. But Van Dyke did it as well while Van Dyke was on a yellow. I want to clarify that. There's just no real consistency around it. And I'd love to see that occur. Uh, I don't think that's ever going to happen unless you have one ref that refs every single match. So robots it is. But I don't know. I think a VAR error that I think kind of went under the radar because we are Spurs supporters was the Inkedia red card that mm. should have occurred on Vicario. Like that was that was bad. That was bad. That was really really bad. And what happened to like retrospective bans? Like I thought, I thought didn't they make a claim saying like, oh, if something happens and we didn't really acknowledge it, we'll ban them for a game? Or am I making that up? I, I don't remember. Up. You might be. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm drunk. I don't know. What it was. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, let's move on. Because two minutes later, after that, Madison plays a lovely through ball to Richarlison, who slots it right across to Sonny, and Sonny finishes it. Zach, how much joy were, was it in that moment, knowing that we got away scot free two minutes earlier, and then we finally scored? Listen, do I think, <laughs> and I, look, this is kind of when you said at the beginning of the pod, what's the word to like describe, you know, this whole past few days, I, I, I said two and I said comedy and I said karmic and it just, we've had so many poor results versus Liverpool. And so as you know, not knowing what I did now or not knowing what I did yet, yeah, not knowing what I do know now at that moment. Oh, I, I was, I was laughing. Um, mm -hmm. and it just, it felt so good because they got screwed out of a goal and, and then we went down and, and scored one on them. Um, just cause we've had so many, it's not even solely down to VAR, although some of them are, but we've just had so such bad luck versus Liverpool, like bad luck in general. Um, so, mm -hmm. To see them kind of get screwed over a little bit in the moment, um, you know, without retrospect, and then to see us score like that, uh, it was great. It was great, and it was it was a great finish too. I will point out, uh, and I was happy that Richie was getting involved. Mm -hmm. um, you know, soft spot for Richie because he he works so damn hard. So. Yeah, he really does, and it felt like it was a combination that we had worked on in training multiple times because <laughs> we saw it later in the second half. Uh, it was it was nice. It was very clean. Uh, Ian, do you like Richie on the wing? Uh, would you rather see someone else there or Sonny there? Even 
Nah, yeah, that's an interesting question because I prefer Sun at nine. I think we're seeing that mm-hmm. this season. That's kind of where he's at in his career, I guess you could say. Um, Richie did well on the wing. I think that spot is up for contention more than people might expect. You know, obviously, Brandon Johnson injured that that sucks, but he's got the pace that we're used to having down that left side. Mm hmm he could very well compete for Richie there once he's back. Manor Solomon's done really well this season, I think, and he's so just tricky and he's got that something different about him. Um, but I liked I liked seeing Richie out there and I'd prefer to see him out on the wing than up top. Um unless we're playing like a real physical kind of like Sheffield type game. Yeah. I think that's that's a good shout because I think whenever we play teams that are going to sit back, I think Richie needs to be through the middle. It's because a bull in a china shop kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And the crossing element. I think yeah. He's very, very good in the air. Um, I think something we've alluded to on other podcasts episodes is that a lot of Ange's formations really isolate the nine in his system. I think Furahashi had uh, the least amount of touches per 90 of any player in the SPL for like two years in a row. I think Sun does so well when he doesn't have to think about what he's going to do and he just does it. So I think this system really, really benefits him through the middle, especially because he's so good on his left versus his right, uh, left and right. So he can kind of do whatever he wants. It just, the space has to open up for him. Um, He's also very good with quick combination passing, which I did not know that originally. So props to him. 1-0 at half, we go in. And to be honest, I really didn't listen to any of the commentary uh, around the offside because I was walking my dog and I came back right when the second half started. And were you, Zach, were you nervous at all when that second half started? Like it felt like, it, oh, no, no, we didn't go in 1-0. Sorry, Gakpo scored. I was going to say, one, yeah, I think yeah. it was one, one and a half right at, the, right at the death. <laughs> Guys, it's alcohol. I'm sorry. Uh, no, 1-1, one, one, it feels like did you feel like we would get a goal zach or like where was your mind at going in one one yeah um i was frustrated with the goal that Gakpo scored um poor defending um really shouldn't have happened um was i nervous yeah simply because liverpool still it like they are such a sala is such a talent mm-hmm. and Gakpo and diaz um are just such additions, especially with Sazbalai or however you say it, um, behind them. That's awesome. um, yeah, you know, uh, we try. Um, I feel like even with ten men, they were they were still going to try to attack. Yeah. Um, so was there still some nerves? Yeah, but did I think with ten men versus eleven, we'd get there in the end? Yeah, I, I felt pretty good about our chances. I felt like we, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm just like looking back and. Twitter can really be an echo chamber. Um, so maybe I'm only seeing the select some, but like people were saying that Liverpool deserved to win that or like, I don't know. It it felt like we still put on, in spite of all of the poor refereeing mistakes, it felt like we were putting out a really good performance still. Um, so mm-hmm. going into the second half, like I was, I don't know. I felt good about our chances to continue it. Um, 
I will say like second half I had to work. So I could only kind of glance at it at my phone, but you know, I've, I've seen highlights still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I felt good. Still nervous because their attack can do anything, but uh, felt good. Ian, are you, were, were you on that level? Were you still, you felt fine. Yeah. I, I think I was a bit more nervous. I think it's one of those that Zach, like you just said, their front three, they don't need a system. They don't need all 11 yeah. players. They're any one of those three, especially even you look at everybody coming off the bench as well, their attack, they're all yeah. capable of doing something special on their own. So it was one of those that it was like, yeah, we've got the advantage and we're going to be pressing that and taking advantage of it, but we have to be so careful because mm-hmm. just one little mistake and Luis Diaz will run behind the entire defense or Salah will do something crazy. It's happened so many times that I was a little bit more nervous and they just did it against Newcastle too, didn't they? They had a man sent off one. Um, But no, I I think this was a great display of the change in Tottenham. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there was so much luck involved, (laughs) but the us going to uh, an advantage where after Curtis Jones red card, and then obviously Luis Diaz goal, like we scored and we're up one nil. We took advantage of a situation. It's something yeah. we've done a couple of times this season already, where for whatever reason we have an advantage and we actually uh, attack on it and use it. When what's his name ran off the pitch for Fulham and they were My down God, a man. Right? Yeah. yeah. We took advantage of it. We're going to take everything we can. We're going to ride our luck. And I, I'm a bit too smart to say this completely so i'm going to say it a little bit hidden this this is giving me shades of lester wow this this team's just it's yes we are one madison or basuma injury away oh my god from everything collapsing even like udogi we're so shallow in our squad that one injury could ruin everything yeah it's yeah no i think you're right it's kind of terrifying just realizing when you look at the options that came off the bench, I, I can't even name them all right now off the top of my head, but like Solomon, Skip, Hoiberg, uh, who else am I missing? I don't know. Um, whatever. You know what I mean? But it felt so weak in a weird way. Like looking at all the players that came on, I just thought, oh my God. I feel like our starting 11 is like so in tune with Angeball and how they want to play. And mm-hmm. the rest have literally been filtered out to be like, you guys just don't fit the bill. I yep. think I think Solomon has his moments and like we can use him for certain scenarios where like we need him to to just attack and do something tricky and like be something different. Hoybier does a job of of just running everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same with Skip, but I think Hoybier to a greater degree, but they're just not they wouldn't necessarily even be like the the second string. They're just kind of like there to fill in the gaps. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I think I think Shades of Lester. I think it's a little early, and I'm a little nervous. Yeah, that's that's. I'm I'm trying to be reserved about it, but like the but, vibes are high. Hey. The way we're playing, the results, the luck, everything, just kind of being like, I'm not gonna say it, but. That being said, we're 20, what are we, 20, around 25, 30% through the big six matches through the season. And that's kind of how I judge things of have we played 
Manchester away. Have we played like we've played Arsenal away? We've played Liverpool and Manu at home, and we've taken seven out of nine points. That's, I mean, I think a good barometer is how do we compare last season when it came to uh, point totals in certain matches? Funny enough, at this point in the season last year, we had one more point under Conte. So think that, about that. feels weird. Wow. Yeah, and that to think about. Yeah. Was there an extra game? Or I don't know. Maybe I, I just saw it on Twitter. I didn't really check <laughs> fair it. enough. Yeah, that's I didn't fair. in fact check it by any means. Uh, I'm just believing it. But we're still invincible uh, up with Arsenal. So props go North London or South London, wherever you actually want to say they came from. Um, second half starts. Let's let's talk about Udogi. Uh, great player. Fantastic player. That first yellow. Um, it reminded me a lot of, as a throwback, David Luiz versus Wolves when Diego Costa was coming through and Costa, I think, clips the knee of David Luiz and falls, and Luiz gets red carded. And there was some outcry about it because Luiz was saying he didn't touch him, but upon review, it looked like there was some, some inadvertent touching uh, that happened with his knee and cleat. And so that red card was kind of justified. I don't know if I've seen enough angles of the Jata Udogi first foul. I don't know. Like, Zach, do you think it was a first yellow? Like, it's, do you think that first foul was a yellow? Let's put it that way. It's 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 really tough. Because uh, at, running at high speeds like that, uh, I could see it going either, at either way, but... At, like mm-hmm. I said, at high speeds like that, even the slightest of touch can, can throw you off. And I think that's what happened. Um, it It's a 50-50 call for me. Yeah. Um, really, I don't know. Okay, but go Ian. Ian, what are you thinking? I think, well, I, I think the yellow was actually for an accumulation of fouls. The first yellow was Jota had done two or three and the ref gave him warnings. And then this, this was like on its own. I don't think it's a yellow. Like it, it mm-hmm. was accidental and it was just like a little clip. And then Dougie tripped over himself after, but I, so like people will look at it in that silo of, well, that's not a foul. How do you get a yellow? It's like, well, for the four in total, he's done in the last yeah. however long. And then, I mean, the second one is, an absolute yellow and that was so stupid like you've just been booked keep your head on your shoulders loses the ball in a physical battle and gets frustrated and takes a swipe <laughs> like that was just dumb yeah no that second foul i thought like i don't know what the hell like you're and bitching that's, about that's the thing to me everyone always wants to talk about the first yellow but if you are a player and you know, regardless if it was soft or not, you're already on a yellow. Why are you Don't making do that? that. <laughs> yeah, why are you making that sort of challenge? Like that, like if I if that was my player, like I'd be pissed at my player, you know, for for being so stupid. Mm-hmm. To... <sighs> it was a it was a really it was a fantastic tackle by Udogi to win the ball back, and he was on a mm-hmm. yellow, and I was really mm-hmm. nervous. When he yeah. made that tackle, I was like, oh, he played my God. better after he got booked. Honestly. Same with the, yeah, same, same with, with the North London Derby. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Also, Ben Davies came on for him. That's the other sub that I was missing. Um, sorry. <laughs> Just thought about it. I know. Shivers down my spine. 
that that occurs. And right when he made that tackle, I was like, that's such a stupid, that's a second yellow. It's a red. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. Playing against nine massive subs for Liverpool. After that, they bring on like um, all these defenders in a sense, they bring off Salah, they bring off um, all all these attacking players. And they really just have like seven defenders, five, three, zero. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it worked. I, I think I texted you guys, but it looked like a 5v3 hockey power play where yeah. everyone's just shuttling around the goal the entire time trying to move the keeper. And I I don't know. Right when they went down to nine, I thought, we're not winning this game. Like, there's no way we get out of here with a win. It's the inner Spursiism coming out. Well, yeah. And I thought, with if there's any, it's going to be a bold take, if there's any player i want to organize a defense that's on the edge of their 18 it's van dyke and i just i didn't have any faith in what we were doing especially because the 10 minutes that occurred after that red card we just did the exact same thing of like moving the ball around the box very slowly and not really having any urgency to the way like we were playing i mean I don't know. Did you guys feel like, I mean, be honest. Did you feel like we would score? I was worried. No. Uh, yeah, no. it didn't feel like it. Because <laughs> the thing is, and I guess I didn't really consider this, but it, it, it makes total sense. Uh, they, you, you would think just logically, oh, they've got one less player. There's going to be more space to exploit. But, but like we said, they went full on, okay, we are not tr- even going to try to score here. Mm-hmm. We are just trying to like get out of this with a point. Um, and I think it, when there are nine players behind the ball, uh, it just there is no space to exploit, even if there are two red cards. Because you would think in most defensive scenarios, uh, a standard you know standard defending, there's always at least two or three players that are forwards or midfielders that are like halfway or at, at, around the midpoint of the pitch that are there for those outlets. But they completely took all that out and said, we're just not going to let you in here. And that it makes it extremely difficult, especially because we don't have Perisic. I feel like Perisic would have been really helpful in, in a scenario like this, delivering accurate crosses into there. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I was really worried that we didn't have a way to get through there because we kept, you know, it was wave after wave of attack, but we weren't making any progress. Um, so I think we kind of got out a bit lucky there, but I think that's something that we have to learn from because there's going to be games where teams just do this and we have to find a way to to get still get through them. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, I do think it was, yeah, no, no, we'll talk about the ending. Um, it was, it was a joyous end to the match that felt like everything went our way in a weird way. Like it, it's never happened like this before. Um, my favorite part was Poro kind of like moved outside and Romero got the ball and just sat there for like five seconds. And I was thinking, pass the freaking ball. Like, what are you doing? Move the ball. And there had been two other times where Poro was on the wing and like Basuma took a shot. 
or uh, we went right to Deki and we didn't uh, play it through Ball the Poro. And I just thought it's on, it's on, it's on. Actually, play it. Finally, when we played it, uh, what happens? The most karma-induced, ironic thing that could have ever occurred, and that's an own goal in the 95th minute. It's it's beautiful. I I think it sums up Spurs' season, Ian, as you kind of alluded to, where so much looks like bleak, and then we somehow win or we somehow pull something out at the end of it. Um, yeah, just, just a fantastic end of the match, and it felt so good watching the players go around celebrating. Um, it was really, really nice. But uh, man of the match. Let's talk man of the match. Ian, do you have a shout for man of the match? I mean, it's honestly, I feel like it's hard not to say Poro. I think he did a great job defensively. I know, obviously, like there are some moments our entire defense got caught out, but he was great. And he obviously had the contribution to the goal, but he's looking really good this season. I'd say Poro Vandeven was honestly fantastic. Again, I know we scored. Uh, we conceded but he was great um I don't know yeah I, I think I'm going to give it to Poro it's 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 one of those matches I felt like we didn't see the unbelievable well Madison's pass to Richie was incredible but it was just such a hard-fought contest like mm-hmm. yeah Poro, Poro deserves it yeah that's a great shot Zach what about you yeah Poro Poro is like the only one that really comes to mind um not that any of them were bad, but like you said, um, I feel like he was just really, really good um, throughout the whole entire game. I I will say shout out, even though he didn't put in, he didn't have enough to deal with um, for any sort of man of the match, you know, shouts. But that that double save from Vicario, ooh, ooh sensual. Man, yes. man. Um, and I thought, even if he w- wasn't having the best game, um, seeing Vandervent's pace, oh, man. love it so much. Oh, I feel our so entire good. back line, I, honestly, like almost our entire squad. I'm I don't want to touch for the next three to four years. Like especially that back line, Idogi, yeah. Vandervent, Romero, Poro. Like I love it so much. That's fair. I uh I disagree in a few a few mm-hmm. spots, but eh, it's whatever. We'll talk about it. Right. <laughs> uh no, we can get that on another pod. Um I think I think man of the match wise, I think Poro probably takes it or Udogi. I don't know. I it's just it's nice to have competent fullbacks again that aren't like I love love Royale. Got got a deep spot in my heart for him. But like Royal, Doc, Ben Davies. It's just, it's nice to have an improvement, uh, especially at wing back. Um, I, I think, I think, yeah, Poro probably takes it for me. I will say he, he by no means a man of the match uh, contender. I want to give a special shout out to uh, Jamie Donnelly, who was on the bench. He, I think he's got eight games played, seven goals and seven assists for the under 21s. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a bold claim. You bench Sonny or rest Sonny against Luton and maybe you rest Madison or maybe you start one of them and you put Donley 
in that position, just give him at least 45 minutes and let him like, let him try something or I don't know, bring him on for 20 minutes at the end. I, I really want him to stick around. And I think after like seeing like a, a Romain Mundell, I, I don't even know how he's doing now, but after seeing like talents leave because they don't get enough playing time, I'd love to see him get some minutes, especially against Luton, which I think will be a great match um, for us to like kind of be free playing. I don't think Luton really sits back and defends, but I don't really know. Um, but that's my kind of shop. N- up- upcoming for matches, we've got got Luton away, and then I think it's an international break. So we've got two, two weeks off, and then we're home to Fulham and away to Palace. And quick thing, Eze might be out for the next six, seven weeks, apparently. Ooh, no. Yeah. So, and I don't want to celebrate injuries, but if we could go to Palace and not have to play Eze, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Uh, we've, we've got a nice run until about December where we've got Chelsea Wolves and Villa. Not absolutely awful. Chelsea and Villa both being at home. Could we? Surely not. No, surely not. What am I thinking? But <laughs> like, I don't know. But for real, it's but, like it's. I think at this point, like it's way too immature in the season to talk about. But could we? <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's let's okay. Let's calm it down. We won't. It won't happen. But it just might. <laughs> I don't know. Uh Oh, yeah, and last thing, Arsenal played in the Champions League today. You guys remember that, right? Oh, yeah, fond memories. They lost. Just thought I'd say that. They lost. No, Lons. Lons. Did did you guys see the video of uh, some of the the Lons? I'm just going to call them Lens, whatever, Lons. Uh, Their fans. There's a video of them (laughs) celebrating, and they're holding up a phone that has, like, the Spurs badge, like as big as it can be. Uh, Beautiful. Funny. So in a way we are back in the the Champions League in a way. And you know who does play for them that I had uh, shouted for potential future signing. Wahi or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ellie Wahi. That man. It's also. Let's let's leave his social life out of it. But I was uh, going to say. (laughs) He's he's got pace. He's goal. His goal is great. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. No. I uh, I think there was some beauty in Arsenal losing, and not that I will celebrate injuries, but Saka went down injured, and Arteta said it's not looking good. Is that mind games? We don't know. They have a big match against City coming up at the weekend. Uh, of course, they play City without De Bruyne because... Is Rodri still out too? He's got a red card, I think. Well, yeah, because yeah. I think he had like a two or three match ban for it. violent conduct. Mm-hmm. Of course. So, and it's, is it at, it's at city, I think too. So I don't know. We have a great chance to, by the end of October, top the table. I, man, I don't want to get excited. We look good. We look good. We, we have two competitions that we're in right now. And one of them hasn't even started and won't until January. So there's a very, very good chance that we keep going. And I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to say, hey, keep going forward. I think it's at 
I think it's at uh, Arsenal. Um, yeah, I think it's at Arsenal. So there's there's a very good chance, but let's just keep going, keep our heads down. I think Ange will keep us focused. I think it's nice that there's no players that have this. Um, it feels like no one's won anything, even though there has been some winning. So we're kind of all doing it together, and it's kind of nice. Uh, reminds me of the old Pochettino days. But I don't know. That being said, uh, Zach, Ian, is there anything you want to you wanna add before we uh, hightail into the road? Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I don't really think so. Up the Spurs. Up the Spurs. Thank you so much. Uh, we will catch you all after the Luton match, potentially. Man, eh, we might not do a pod. We don't know. Uh, we're very busy. We have social <laughs> lives. Uh, so, yeah, up the Spurs, and we will talk to you all later.